That's why it's so important to have that person in your life. Because mm-hmm. you can't do this on your own. Oh, no. It's not possible. But to have somebody in your life who can be there to support you, listen to you, understand you, comfort you. Because mm-hmm. I knew that a lot. Mm-hmm. Been a lot of tears shed over the last few years. Yeah. Um, yeah, we need that. Yeah. And we need to be that for other people. Yeah. You know, we all, it's easy to say, I want this, I want this, I want this, I, but there's a lot of people out there that need that, and we need to be that for them. Yeah. And that's what the 1042 Project is. We're a voice, and we're a set of ears to listen, and we listen to understand. Hey, everyone. This is Christina and Daniel Deffenbaugh with the 1042 Project, and welcome to Episode 5 of the Shared Voices Podcast. We're so grateful to have you back with us and we're excited to jump back into Daniel's story. But before we get that far, I did want to include a trigger warning for this episode as well. So again, if you're not in a place where you feel that it would be safe for you to hear us discuss very heavy topics and have heavy conversations, I just ask that you give yourself grace and not listen to it at this time or be with somebody that is a good support system for you. And again, if you need to seek attention right away, uh, call 988. That is the National Crisis Hotline. Are you ready? I am ready. Episode five. Yes. We're on episode five already. Isn't that yes. crazy? Yes, it is crazy. It just doesn't feel like we've done that many. But I'm glad that we're at this point because we're getting closer to the happy light stuff. We're like almost through. I'm so ready for that. I'm going to be honest. It's hard to sit up here and to constantly go through and talk about my story. Well, you know how long it's taken me to even talk about my story. Oh, yeah. I mean, a couple of years ago, I would talk, I would say a sentence and I couldn't get through it because I was sobbing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've come a long ways since then. Yeah. I'm um, obviously to where now I'm able to get up in front of people and talk about it or get in front of the camera and talk about it. But it's still hard. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited that we're getting this out there for people to hear. But I'm also excited for it to be over so we can move on and yeah. uh, focus on the happiness yeah, the there good is, stuff. Because there's a ton of that. Yeah, there is a lot of hope, a lot of good things to look forward to. I always joke with Daniel that he has the hard job in this. You have to do the heavy lifting because you have to like rehash the most difficult stuff of your life. And I love asking questions and interrogating people <laughs> anyway. So I get to do what I like to do. And then you have to do the difficult stuff. But thank you for being willing to share it because I know that, you know, what an impact it's had on you to hear the experience that other first responders have had and what it did for you to yeah. hear you know that other people get it it's helped out a ton just traveling the country talking to people and hearing their stories and and hearing it that's mm-hmm. similar to mine and it makes me not feel so isolated or alone or mm-hmm. like i'm some freak of nature right. you know which yeah. sometimes people can look at yeah like you might be a freak of nature when you start to go down a dire- downhill spiral but yeah the ones who don't get it yeah but uh, but here we are. We here get we it. are. I'm gonna use my voice, and I'm gonna call on other first responders to use their voice mm-hmm. and to join us on our podcast and to speak truth, honest, and transparent transparency to the people that need to hear it. So okay. I'll be quiet, so you can move us forward. You're good. So we're gonna go right into the next era of your story, which is like 2014 to 2018. We kind of generalized it because, as you guys are gonna hear, it's a lot of the destructive stuff that we've already touched on just kind of rehashed over and over but there are a few points that we want to kind of spend a little more time on because we know that it'll resonate with a lot of first responders so do you want i'll let you start and kind of go into so 
so in 2014, end of 2013, beginning of 2014, yeah, 14, is when um, I was no longer with the police department. Mm-hmm. I went out on medical retirement through my pension board, mm-hmm. and that was hard enough just to go through and to go through it, the process, um, and to leave my job was hard on me because I felt like I had my purpose stripped away from me. Yeah. Um, I'd went through a divorce, so therefore I felt like I didn't, you know, I had this life before of a family, a house, you know, a, a career with, with a purpose. Mm-hmm. And now it was minus all three of those. Yeah. Um, so by 2014, I am now trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my life because I don't have a badge anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I do have my police pension retirement. Um, but however, because like I said in the last episode, I went through a divorce in 2013. Mm-hmm. And just so people know, when, when you do that, um, your pension is open to your spouse. Well, it used to be. That actually just got changed in Iowa. Sounds like it's getting changed, and I hope it is. But for me, it was um, I lost half of my pension immediately. So as soon as I got it, um, half of my pension goes to my ex-wife for the rest of her life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was left with just living on half a pension. Mm-hmm. And I had to support myself and the three kids and continue to to pay child support because I never stopped paying child support ever in my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so sorry, I'm getting off on a, on a different thing. So at this point, yeah, I'm seeking purpose is what I'm doing. I've, I've lost my purpose. I've lost my life is what I felt like. Mm-hmm. So now I'm on, I'm, I'm searching for purpose and I'm sur- searching for a job to provide. Right. Cause before me. you found, you felt like you found that purpose in your career so you were probably trying to mimic that, like, okay, there's something else for me to do that right. will give me purpose. Because I totally believed that my purpose, that I was sent here to Earth to be a police officer, mm-hmm. I thought that was my purpose. So when that was gone, there was an emptiness that I had that I had never felt before. Mm-hmm. Um, not just the emptiness of my family being gone, but the, the emptiness of, of not having a purpose anymore um, brought me to deeper depression and to deeper, you know, deeper into addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, so in 2014, I, I get back in the job market, never had to do that since high school. And, uh, luckily I had a friend who owns an electric company and he hired me was as my first job. And I did that. And honestly, I enjoyed it for about a month or two. And as you'll hear about, as I go through my gauntlet of jobs that I went through mm-hmm. trying to find purpose, um, um, it would always last a month or two. So the first job I got, it lasted a month or two. It was fun trying to, you know, learning stuff. But once we just got down into just everyday electrical work, it mm. just, I didn't have the purpose. I didn't feel like I had a reason to wake up anymore. This job did not provide that. Yeah. Once the newness wore off. Yeah. Then the, you know, the newness of something just kind of was like a fake facade. And then once that fell off, then I was left with what I already had to begin with, which was nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I worked there for a while, and then after that, I, I started another job. I worked for a Chevy dealership selling cars. Um, really good at it, and I enjoyed it at the beginning. But then, again, there's no purpose. It just felt like no, no need to do this job. Mm-hmm. And then from that, I went on to um, got my insurance license, license and sold health insurance, life insurance with one company. I tried that. Got to kind of travel around Iowa and, and Missouri. And then after I left that job, I went to another company doing the same thing. 
in a bigger market. Um, again, liked it for a little bit and then absolutely found myself in an empty, you know, mm-hmm. empty bed by myself with my alcohol and my pills again. Yeah. Searching for purpose and it just never, I could never find it. Um, after that, I, I hauled campers around the country. You know, out of Indiana, I'd go and pick up a camper or new campers and deliver them to dealerships. And I enjoyed that. And I got to see, you know, most of the lower 48. And but again, I had no purpose. And again, I'm still an alcoholic and I'm still struggling with all the addictions. Mm-hmm. Um, even when I was traveling the country, like hauling campers around. I mean, I remember I'd be on the road and I wanted to make sure I had vodka at the end of the night. Because mm-hmm. if you get to a town too late, they might not have liquor. It may not be for sale anymore, so I'd always make sure I had my, you know, my bottle of alcohol in the truck with me, even though you're not supposed to. And uh, I would just spend the day on the road waiting to get to the hotel to drink to pass out. That's what that job turned into. So that was pretty self-destructive. And after that, I went down and, and, you know, and worked for Simcoe, where I met you at, and Mm -hmm. sold drilling equipment. And I liked that for a little bit. And then the same thing, it all kind of fell apart, and I just didn't have a purpose. Mm-hmm. And each time I tried to find a job, I would get like a boost up, like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm doing good, I'm doing good. And then once the purpose wasn't there, I would fall, not just fall back where I was, but I'd fall back deeper. Because mm-hmm. now it's like, man, I can't even fit into society. I can't even keep a job. I cannot, I cannot do this. I can't get myself out of bed to go. And you were already really internalizing your struggles and feeling like it was just you were a bad person yes and so that probably in a sense kind of just confirmed what you already thought about yourself i'm assuming would you agree yep absolutely i just felt like yeah every job i did i just felt like more and more of a failure yeah and like maybe i'm not meant to be here so it just kept driving me driving me into further and then to compound that at that point in time you at various times had also struggled with like, you know, bouncing around places that you were staying and not having like a solid permanent home. I didn't have one during any of that time. I was right. homeless parts of it, mm-hmm. um, bouncing around, living out of my car. I'd go stay, you know, at dad's house. He had an old camper and his property out in the country. Mm-hmm. I literally lived out of a camper for a while. I mainly went there when I had the kids because then I had a place for them. We'd live in the camper for the weekend. Oh, really? Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. And then also, again, at various times, um, different toxic relationships. Yes. Yeah. As I'm starting to seek a job and a purpose, I'm also trying to seek a companion. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. As humans, we want to have somebody to share life with. Yeah, absolutely. And when you're a destructive person and you're in the state of mind I am in with these addictions, you don't tend to attract. um, It just wasn't a healthy healthy situation. Yeah. Yeah. Like you had your struggles and I think that was, you know, it was matched in. Yeah, I'm not saying anything bad about the people. Struggles. Yes, I don't say anything bad about the people I was with. They weren't bad people. It was just they were struggling and I was mm-hmm. struggling and that was not a good match. Right. Um. So, you know, I tried to date a couple people and it lasted for, you know, period of time. Mm-hmm. And then the relationship would just get destructive. Two destructive people living together. Uh, it, it doesn't work out. Yeah. Um, so, yes, it was the years of hell mm-hmm. yeah because i've lost everything is what i thought and i searching and i was searching in all the wrong places come to find out yeah 
because there was purpose for me out there. Mm-hmm. I just had to learn that I couldn't humanly decide what my purpose was because God already decided that for me. Mm-hmm. And I had to just kind of give everything to God and lay it at his feet. Yeah. And when I did that is when he finally started to show me what my true purpose is. Mm-hmm. And that that dang badge had nothing to do with my true purpose. Yeah. That after all, it it wasn't going to look the way that you thought it should look. That's right. And thank God that it didn't look like I wanted it to look. Yeah. Because his plans are greater than ours. Thank goodness. And <laughs> we'll get to this because at this point in my life, I'm still not a Christian. Okay. I know I'm talking yeah. as a Christian now, but at this point, I'm not. Right. Yeah. Um. I went to church every once in a while, you know, because I was dating girls and, you know, mm-hmm. taking to church is the right thing to do. Look <laughs> like you're a good godly man. That's what your mama taught you. That's what mama taught me. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, um, I'm losing my train of. It was a challenging time for yeah. sure. Yep. I was, it was the worst. Yeah. But as you're about to see, um, there's a little bit more darkness, but we're about to jump into the light and mm-hmm. get out of those years. Yeah. Because when I um, started working at Simcoe in 2018, mm-hmm. end of eight, yeah, 2018, yeah, we weren't talking then, but you worked there. We worked together. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were coworkers. Yeah, we were coworkers. Um, she worked in purchasing, and I worked in sales. But that was the, that was the way that, that we it. met. We wouldn't have. We wouldn't have met, you know, if you wouldn't have worked there. Right. Oh, yeah. I thank God that I went there. Trust me. Yeah. Um. So I was there um, a total of three years, but a couple of years in, you know, or a year in. I can't remember now. But you and I met mm-hmm. and uh, eventually started talking and mm-hmm. started a relationship. And you are a lovely Christian woman who was raised in a Christian home mm-hmm. and your heart and your passion and just love was very attractive and we started a relationship and when I when I met you I started to you've helped me you helped me see see the true me mm. and you helped me break down so many walls that I was struggling with you helped yeah. me see a lot of the truth in what I was going through and why I was going through it your wise beyond your years um, and you allowed me you were the first person that allowed me to talk and well maybe that's not the right way to say something you allowed me you provided a safe place that made me feel comfortable to talk yeah and and there, i know there wasn't a lot of talking at first you know you kind of got you kind of learned about me in segments and little pieces yeah sometimes they call it breadcrumbs <laughs> it was how i responded to the breadcrumbs because you're yes it was small bits of information and i don't think you were doing it intentionally but looking back i can see how those were little opportunities for me to show you that our relationship was a safe space mm-hmm. and that I was a safe person for you to talk, you know, talk through these things with. And with those little breadcrumbs, I think if um, it would have gone differently, I don't think there would have been future ones. Um, so I think that it was for very sure. instrumental. Like, and it was just small things too in the beginning, like, we would be driving somewhere and you would say, you know, oh, that's where I saw such and such event happen. And, you know, just like very small things like that. But you didn't really want to go into it a lot further than that. You know, it was just very small bits of information. And um, I remember another thing I want to share just to illustrate to people 
how far he's come because he started in a place where I know a lot of people are and you were not comfortable talking about it and you weren't comfortable admitting that um, that you had PTSD, that it was unresolved. I don't even know if you'd come to terms with the fact that it wasn't resolved yet because I think you had mildly convinced yourself that it wasn't really an issue anymore. Um, well, I thought it was just my new lifestyle. It, um, it, it was just, this is the new me. There's nothing I could do with it. Okay. So it was just kind of like a matter of fact thing to you. Matter of fact, let's move on with life. We don't need to address it. Let's just keep moving mm, forward. Yeah. Cause there was, and I know I, I share this a lot with people, but again, just to illustrate the point, like, um, the day that I'd asked you like, Hey, do you think maybe you might have PTSD? I wasn't sure how he was going to take it. You know, how did I take it? Um, so there's layers, right? <laughs> people have layers. And so at the, at the very top layer, it was very defensive. You were very like, no, no. Um, you know, I've taken care of that. Um, it's fine, you know, but at the same time, your body language and the tone of your voice, I could feel, I felt like I felt fear. It was something that was hard for you. I could see that in oh, your yeah. in your reaction. And so in that, I knew that your response wasn't, you weren't trying to be like abrasive or anything. And that's not how you came across, just more. I could see that it was something that you had wrestled with in you weren't sure what to do with it. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to, again, that was a, a sign like, okay, that's that's a hard thing for you. And I want this to be a safe space. So I didn't push it. You know, I was just like, okay, you know, mm -hmm. and, and just let it be gentle. Uh, so you felt like it'll be okay. You know, I'm mm -hmm. not going to be the abrasive, pushy person here. Like, it'll be okay. Right. And, and so you still went on and there were future breadcrumbs and more conversations. And then we got to a point where you would tell me stories, you know, things that you'd gone through that were really hard for you. And I would just validate and acknowledge how hard that was. Like, wow. You're the first person I ever told. Like, I had told nobody in my life that stuff. Like, you got it out of me one by one by one in such a healthy way. But And I didn't know that then. That's why it's so important to have that person in your life because mm -hmm. you can't do this on your own. Oh, no. It's not possible. But to have somebody in your life who can be there to support you, listen to you, understand you, comfort you, because mm -hmm. I needed that a lot. Mm -hmm. There's been a lot of tears shed over the last few years. Yeah. Um, yeah, we need that. Yeah. And we need to be that for other people. Yeah. You know, we all, it's easy to say, I want this, I want this, I want this, I, but there's a lot of people out there that need that and mm -hmm. we need to be that for them. Yeah. And that's what the 1042 project is. We're a voice and we're a set of ears to listen and we listen to understand. Mm -hmm. And I would challenge more people to be that person in other people's lives, be that support, be that safe place that she was for me. Don't be afraid of it. I'm sure because I'm sure there was some fear going. There had to be times where you were asking me questions where you were kind of a little on edge. I mean, there were times where I was hoping I wouldn't go too far. I wanted to be very balanced with my questions because especially, you know, now I love questions. Yeah, you do. I love hard questions and um, deep conversations. But at the same time, with sensitive a sensitive topic like the things you were sharing, I didn't want to go too far 
too fast. You know, I wanted it to be at your comfort level, but at the same time, I think, I thank God for our relationship. I think we're a good match because I like being in that space with people. Yeah. I, I enjoy that. That's where I feel, um, I don't know if the word's important or it just feels called. like. I think you're looking for the word called. Yeah. You're called for it. Yeah. And, and that's what I want. And, and that's what you needed. Yes. And so I was just glad that I could be there. And another thing that was neat was you, before we had met, you had went to college for psychology. Yes. Yeah. I should and probably have included that. Yeah. You went to college for psychology and you even, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you also didn't know what you were going to use it for. You're like, why am I? Yes. Go ahead. Yeah. That, I mean, yeah that was super frustrating. <laughs> there, there was a whole thing like of, you know, the, the journey that brought me to choosing psychology um, and I loved it, absolutely loved it. And, but I was just at the same time, like wildly unsure what I was going to do with it. Why, you know, sometimes wondering like, should I, did I even do the right thing? Am I going to be able to do anything with what I learned? But I absolutely loved everything that I got to learn and dive into, um, you know, getting my degree. And so, but it actually helped me a lot. Then when <laughs> I met Daniel and I was like, cause that's how I saw the things where I'm like, mm, maybe he's got PTSD. Did you think, Oh, test study. I didn't, but looking back, honestly, like, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't, I didn't want to shy away from you. You know what I mean? No, I, I was yeah. like, oh, okay, let's just step into this. It'll be okay. Well, I'm glad you did. I'm glad I did too. See, God had already had you have a love for psychology in advance before you even met me. And then now we use it all the time. Yep. <laughs> Worked out great. His plans are greater than ours. Thank on us. So, um... But yes, so that's how that happened. But um, to go back to the story of like where you were at with things and where I was at with things in the beginning of our relationship, um, in our previous conversation, you talked about how, um, you know, you were still on the fence about God, you know, mm -hmm. but and again, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you should tell them the story about the Bible app, because I think that's funny. How about this? I will tell them about the Bible app and that stuff on the next episode. Okay, that's fair. Um, because we're going to be done. Can we be done with all the hard years? Can we get into some of the joyful years that we're in now? Yeah. Because that's where we're at. And I think now would be a good time to just go ahead and wrap this episode up. Okay. And then in the next episode, let's dive into... The good things and, where, and the hiccups. Yeah. <laughs> but where I found hope and purpose and yeah. God. and The moment where your life really changed. Yes. And you'll learn of a date, a specific date mm -hmm. that changed everything. Changed everything. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, made me realize that he, had been pre he has been preparing me for this. Yeah. And that all of your pain was not in vain. Right. And I found purpose. Yeah. And I found purpose in a way that I didn't know was possible. Yeah, it was better than you imagined. That's right. All so right. You want to get into that next time? And let's go ahead and just close this out and have a little bit of a celebration for me. That Yes. I got through it all. And yes. I know we didn't deep dive deep into a lot of it. You know, there, we got hundreds of episodes left mm -hmm. from throughout time. We can 
you know, dig back into it if we want, but we got through most of it. Yeah, you did really good. You and did really good. I'm finally smiling really good now because we get to move on to the joyful part. Yes. So I just want our first responders to know right now that you probably, if you have, or maybe you haven't, or maybe you will in the future, have gone through what I've gone through. It's my story's not, again, it's not unique. Like there's a lot. Yeah, it's not unique. It's, there's a lot of people that have gone through what I've gone through. It's nothing special, but I want to let them people know that there's light at the end of the tunnel and we are going to just, go into the next episode and show you that uh, we're not just here to tell you the story of all this doom and gro- doom and gloom and to leave you hanging and not be able to tell you, tell you about the exciting part. Yeah, that's right. So thank you so much for spending time with us. And I do want to ask that if anything that we discussed in this episode resonated with you or you feel may resonate with somebody in your life, I would just ask that you would like comment and share this episode with that person and i do also just want to just to state it that a lot of times um, the people that are struggling that need to hear messages of hope or hear that somebody has been where they are they're usually not um, always open to talking about it so i would just ask that you would go out on a little bit of a limb here and share the episode anyway and just trust that it'll reach the people that need to hear this. And we're so grateful for your support and just joining us and spending time with us. We'll catch you in the next episode.